Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community, to another episode of Sky Women. I'm so excited that you've joined us today for this exciting conversation with Dr. Anjanette Ten. She is a physician and endocrinologist here in Fort Worth at the Diabetes and Thyroid Center of Fort Worth. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Dr. Moyers. Happy to be here, and I'm so excited to be invited. Yes. Well, it's fun to collaborate and with somebody who's local because a lot of my listeners are local. And just to know that we have somebody to um, kind of support us when it comes to the endocrine system, which seems to be very elusive to many people. Like, what is it exactly, you know? <laughs> and I found oh, Sometimes you... it eludes me. Yeah, right. Sometimes it even eludes you, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, so many people feel like their hormones are out of balance and they're not quite sure what to do. And they show up at any physician's office saying that they need their hormones tested. And I feel like that this is like Pandora's box, right? <laughs> Correct. You are so right. And sometimes do you really want to go there? I almost say that, hey, before we start this, I'm warning you now, this is genie in a bottle. Yes. Sometimes these hormones, I can give you something, but I have to take something back. <laughs> right. Right. And sometimes it's funny, and then sometimes it's not. Yes. Right. <laughs> so let's break it down. Why did you choose endocrine? What was it? First of all, let's explain what the endocrine system is. The endocrine system really, it's hormones. What do hormones mean? Hormone is actually a Greek word. I don't know how to pronounce it. I guess hormone. What that means is to impel. So you have a gland, which is the maker of these hormones, and the glands spill out the hormone into the circulation. So there's no direct connection between organ to organ except the entire bloodstream. So all of these hormones really blood the entire uh, flood the entire circulation. So what happens is the target of the hormone has the receptor and that the receptor binds to the hormone and that's when it kind of enacts those effects. So that is the endocrine system. So I actually finished medical school in the Philippines and I knew I wanted to be an endocrinologist second year med school. Wow. Um, and so because... I was sitting in a lecture and I kind of maybe having to look around as they were explaining the endocrine system and saw that everybody was blank. Everybody seemed like they did not understand what the heck was going on. And so I was like, oh, I think I can do this then. So I may be onto something. And I just found those pathways so elegant because I, I'm kind of like a writer in journalism at heart. I was editor-in-chief of my school paper. And so I felt like medicine and these hormones are telling stories to each other. And whenever you tell a story to one, to one thing or part, the other person responds back to you. So I think it's so elegant in of itself that organs are communicating. So it's just a storytelling back and forth. And so I think that's what hormones are. Awesome. Well, I love that it was so clear to you because it is um, very confusing to many of us. <laughs> and, you know, within OB-GYN world, it is 
so important because it affects our menstrual cycle. It can affect our, our pregnancy, right? It can affect so many things. So this is where having a good relationship with an REI, a reproductive endocrine specialist, and an yes. endocrinologist is just so important. So I'm glad that you're here with us today. So what would you say is where we really need to start when somebody says, I'm just tired, I feel like I'm gaining weight, maybe I'm 48, 52, somewhere in that range where they feel like, you know, my body is starting to change and the things that I used to do just aren't working. Like this is so common, right? We hear this every day. What would you say, yes. where, where do we need to start? Oh my, where do we need to start? <laughs> I'll tell you where I think we need to start. Where do we need to start? I get stumped myself. So where do we need to start? Well, for a woman, I always start with menstrual period. So menstrual period tells me a lot of things. And then we, we go from there. Are your periods regular? And when did you start having periods? Have they always been regular? So number one. And number two is what has your weight done? Has it gone up? or down, or about the same. Number three, family history. Is there family history of diabetes, thyroid disorders, and then that's when it starts to open up. And then I kind of, you know, I, I most of the time I'm very conscious. I do not want to be biased in, in terms of it's all stress right? related. And so because I know thing, a lot of things are going on, this world is stressful, all of us have stress, but not necessarily that everybody has this response or this misresponse to that stress. And so it also, so it helps to explore those things first and kind of be objective. And then that's when we start to open up, oh, maybe I should check this. Maybe I should check that. If it, So I am known to sit in front of a patient with kind of the lab template in my EMR and the more they speak and tell me about things, the more I start to click because things, you know. You know what you might want to test. Yeah. Makes sense. And what are you, yes. And it ends up being a whole page. So, because right. maybe that is also not good because I'm probably the labs hate me because I am the kind of a page of labs and people have a lot of labs drawn, but sometimes I just don't want to miss anything. And I feel I owe that to the patients who have especially seen many doctors and then have been told, it's just your stress. It's just your age. You're gaining weight because you're gaining weight. So I kind of do not want to assign that blame. So when I trained, actually one of my professors, the first thing that he told me, maybe day two of fellowship training is the last thing you could do is we are here to help the patient. We are here not to assign blame. So when you assign blame to the patient that it was all on you, then you have absolved yourself of your job and it really makes your job easier. So I'm always very conscious of that. And so this is where kind of we open that Pandora's box, as you say, or this is how the cookie crumbles is how I always, uh, <laughs> uh, very positive. This is how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> right. So with your specialty being in diabetes and thyroid and obesity, you know, how much do you feel that lifestyle is a part of our hormones being off, quote unquote? You know, partly yes and partly no again. So I always tell, tell patients that I'm a doctor for adults. I'm going to try my best. 
And so if we were not to assign anything to your lifestyle and all that, and maybe put it all on age or genetics or pathology, this is where I'm coming from. You need to meet me halfway. Correct. And so sometimes a lot of these conditions really, I think first, there must be some kind of, for example, insulin resistance is really genetically what we call polymorphic. So there's not one gene, there's multiple genes, very common, all types of ethnicities, you know, Asian, South Asian, Caucasian, African American, a lot of insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. And so that to a woman, I feel is very important because ovaries are very sensitive. Right. So actually, ovaries respond to insulin resistance. Actually, I feel that females and women are very lucky in a sense because you have those ovaries that give you a signal from very early on. Teens from puberty in your 20s, you know there's something up because your periods are telling you. If your menstrual cycle is irregular, then that is kind of one of the one of the criteria for what we call PCOS. The root cause to me is insulin resistance and then and so on and so forth. And those irregularities in the hormone are the cause of difficulty losing weight because you just have a lot of hyperinsulinemia or a lot of insulin circulating in the body. And so if there's too much insulin circulating, it spills over and it just does not stick to insulin receptors. It sticks to growth receptors Mm -hmm. and the growth receptors kind of propagate weight to be kept. Um, and, And so And sometimes too, when we say lifestyle, yes, there's lifestyle, but I feel that people really, yes, kind of a big part of it is people not being conscious of what they eat or not as active. But I feel too, sometimes we have a lot of societal pressures, you know, women have to work too and support their families and kind of they are actually the burden of family care falls on them. And so, and then, and so forth, we go into self-care, so on and so forth. And so it really, I feel for, I feel for us. Right, right. Yeah, we do have to prioritize our own self-care because we do often carry a lot of the burden of uh, maintaining the household and the kids' schedules and the kids' activities and all of the things until there's feels that there's no room for mom, right? And then there's no self-care. And I feel like in that midlife is kind of where women are like, wait, what about me? And now I'm back working out and I'm eating well. And these things that I did in my 20s and 30s don't work anymore. Correct. Correct. Yes. And insulin resistance and weight gain is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So meaning the more weight you gain, the easier it is to gain more. And your body is designed to protect the weight and your body is designed to evolution-wise, I guess, preserve itself. And so that is its instinct, is to invite more weight. And so sometimes it's tough to prevent the cycle. You have to do more. And we don't want to admit it, but aging in itself is a factor. You can't act or kind of assume that it's your 16-year-old or pubertal body is just not. And so I know sometimes I find it hard to tell a patient because I don't like saying, oh, it's just your age. It's just this. It's just stress. But it's a fact that our, but it's a fact. You're right. Our metabolism, right. Our metabolism slows down. As we You're age, right. Right. Yeah. Every decade. And so if that you, is significant. If you want to maintain or lose weight with age, you have to do more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Sad, but true. You're right. 
Well, and I feel like that's something that women tend to think, oh, I don't want to lift weights because I'm going to bulk up, but we actually need more weight training. Muscle, yes. And more muscle mass to burn that energy. And that goes also to on to important is bone preservation. Building your peak bone mass is so is one big thing. And then you're back in menopause with osteopenia. That's another hard topic. Right, right. Well, I love that you brought up that the menstrual cycle essentially can be a vital sign. I mean, in my world, it is a vital sign. (laughs) You don't get through the door without answering when was your last menstrual period. Because it's so true that many times in the ER, when I see patients who are having this irregular heavy bleeding and the ER physician has asked for a consult, I always go back to, well, what's our thyroid? What's our hemoglobin A1C? Where are we with these? Because the endocrine can throw off our cycle so easily. Yes, that, that's correct. And so whenever people, patients ask me, oh, will the thyroid affect my period? The answer is yes. Is it my thyroid? Until that number is perfect. I can't say it's not your thyroid. So give me a little time. <laughs> so right. yes, because the thyroid, either hyper or hypo can affect the integrity of your menstrual cycle. And so until that is fixed, I can't say it's not. And then, but there are many co-occurring conditions. Insulin resistance, PCOS is so, so common. I feel that people really come in with both conditions almost. Right. Um, so, But I need to fix the thyroid and once the thyroid is fixed and then we go. Uh, another thing that women kind of patients believe is that, well, if it was the thyroid that led me to gain weight, can I use the thyroid to make me lose the weight? Not so fast. It's not that easy. I wish, I wish it would fall in that pattern, but technically not because again, body is designed to gain weight. And once you've gained the weight, even if it's from the thyroid, once you fix the thyroid, the weight is there. So I end up having to deal with it separately. That's why you, mm. you we almost, when you start with me, it's never ending. <laughs> I see. Well, at least they have somebody who's going to collaborate and kind of hold their hand through the process, right? Oh, <laughs> we need my a gosh. cheerleader. <laughs> yes. Okay. So do you have the peri or postmenopausal women coming to you for estrogen, progesterone, testosterone? Like are women coming to you for that or is that? I get these patients in all kinds of ways. And so obviously if they have a thyroid condition, they've already established with me. And do people come to me to discuss hormone replacement therapy in menopause? Not so much, not not typically, because I say, please go to your gynecologist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay. that's something you would rather we handle then, because I get that every day. (laughs) Yes, because... You know better, I guess, about, you know, breast cancers. You do the pap smears and and do vaginal atrophy screening. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. But if they ask me, I go, okay. (laughs) This is what my partners have done to me. Meaning there's really in endocrinology, there is not a specific like women's health section. So you're kind of it's all kind of bunched up together. So I actually am in a partnership with two males. So that's how we started. And so I really did not particularly 
kind of say I was a women's health expert, but because I'm female, I ended up being the women's health expert. And a lot of things I had to learn along the way. But really, when you are in endocrinology fellowship, the focus is diabetes. The focus is thyroid, adrenal, pituitary, and bone, parathyroid disorders. And so women's health kind of, I guess, depends on where you trained. So I was trained in kind of Missouri, salt of the earth. So I trained in, it's called the Cosmopolitan International Diabetes Center. So it was diabetes center. Right. A lot of things kind of I had to learn along the way and listen to patients. So it's more like out of, first out of default. And in the end, because I just see a lot of women with thyroid disorders too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we talked a little bit about, you know, how that thyroid can be overactive and underactive and that affects your metabolism. But what are the common signs that people are going to see with hypothyroidism? Multifactor, you know, many varied symptoms and all of them can be vague is what I say. So the usual symptoms are fatigue, tiredness, but what I say is unusual tiredness, constipation, dry skin, loss of the lateral eyebrow hair. These are the things and menstrual irregularities. So all of these symptoms really are very vague could be ascribed to something else. What I always say is that the thyroid may not have been the cause of, let's say, your GI issues, let's say you have constipation, but the thyroid sure could aggravate a pre-existing condition. So I'm not saying it's not the thyroid. Uh, Yes, but the thyroid could aggravate, but maybe it's also not the end of the story. And this is where I go with a a lot of people, like they say, my blood pressure is caused by my thyroid, not unless you are overactive. Typically, it's not from hypothyroidism, but it sure could aggravate an underlying condition. And so what are the common signs and symptoms for hyperthyroidism when our thyroid is overactive? Overactive is unusual anxiety, insomnia, heat intolerance, palpitations is a big one. Some people get headaches feeling of being wired, mostly anxiety, weight loss. I've also seen weight loss is more predominant, but I've also seen people gain weight when they are they are hyper. Why? Because you get hungrier when you're hyperthyroid. And so instead of losing the weight, you gain the weight. There's no winning with this weight. <laughs> right. And everybody is worried about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so hyperthyroidism. It's all about the weight. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the weight. Hyperthyroidism versus Graves' disease. Can you kind of okay. walk us through this? Yes. So Graves' disease is the major cause of hyperthyroidism. Graves' disease just means that the overactiveness is because of autoimmunity. So in Graves' disease, you make, so there, this is, The thyroid is very common to be affected by, the most common disorder is autoimmune thyroid disease. So there are many antibodies or two major sets of antibodies that can affect your thyroid. One is the Hashimoto's antibody, thyroglobulin and TPO antibodies, thyroid peroxidase. And the hyper antibody is thyroid stimulating immunoglobulin, meaning you can have a set of antibodies that block when it sticks to the gland, it blocks the gland from producing hormone. 
you can have a set of antibodies that when it sticks to the gland, it activates it. So Graves antibody, thyroid stimulating antibody is the autoimmune process where the antibody sticks to the gland and then activates it, makes you hyper. So some families have the hypo antibody, giving them underactive hypo Hashimoto's. Some families have the Graves antibody, making you hyper. Some families have both sets of antibodies. And that is where it can get confusing because whatever you are is what right now is which antibody is more predominant at some at, at which point. So you can hear about patients flipping, I was hypo, then I was hyper, but then you treat what you have right now. So this is really interesting. Would you say that when patients finally come to see you that they've seen several doctors? Yeah, because I think if the symptoms are vague, you know, they could be showing up to their PCP, maybe they get some lab tests, maybe it's not, you know, overt right then, right? Maybe it's not obvious and, you know, we don't always treat subclinical. I do say, yes, I love the Fort Worth community though, because I feel that, you know, our PCPs, very, very in tune and very quick to check thyroid, also, our GYN community, our OBGYN community, also very, you guys are very in tune. You know, even to check all these antibodies before you get to me. And so there's almost like a diagnosis made. I just need to clarify and confirm and then talk about treatment. Okay. And have we made any recent advances in treatment that you feel like is kind of changing? Uh, no. <laughs> Okay, we can scratch that question. Delete that question. So, no, hypo is still, you know, replace. People ask me all the time, how do I make these antibodies go away? And to me, that's the most difficult question because the answer is there's no medication to make these antibodies go away. And so I have seen where lifestyle changes uh, help the antibodies go down, but we even do not have studies whether is there a difference when your TPO antibody is 500 versus 200? There's no difference. Clinically, we don't know. There's no study that shows that if the antibodies are lower, it destroys your thyroid less. And so people ask me for lifestyle changes, for supplements, what do I need to do? To me, that's tough. There have been some small studies that say, for example, Maybe less gluten in the diet, maybe helps lessen inflammation. But there are other endocrinologists who kind of say, no, there's really nothing. But to me, that almost seems very dismissive. There's nothing you can do, just kind of curl up and die (laughs) or curl up and let your thyroid die. And so I kind of feel bad. So what I say is a clean lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are diets or not really, you don't want to say it's a diet is but can you eat less processed food, maybe more a plant-forward uh, right. based diet, more, more anti-inflammatory, you know, nothing to lose and everything to gain for all different aspects of your metabolism, not just your thyroid. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a fun conversation and one that we can continue over time because we have many topics to discuss. Thank you. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help 
relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.